Good day. You have landed on Voice of the COVID-19 Front. We keep you up to date on what is happening in South Africa, particularly with South African communities. Today, however, we're taking a short left and having a conversation about immigrants in South Africa. Um, I've got a special guest. I'm going to ask him to introduce himself. He is with the COVID-19 Front. Um, welcome. Please give us a beautiful intro. Thank you for having me. My name is uh, Chipa Sitole. I'm the head of the advocacy unit at the COVID front. And uh, I'm also the uh, deputy president of the uh, South African Congress of uh, NPOs. Uh-huh. And I'm also on the NEC of the Alliance of NPO Networks. Fantastic. So you are definitely the person to speak to about this. I hope so. <laughs> I think so. Give us, give us um, a definition. When we speak about immigrants, who are we speaking about? The right definition that we, that, that we talk about is the, the flow of movement of people from one country to another. Sure. So... Today specifically, I wanted to really go in um, and speak about immigrants in light of COVID-19, whether or not they get the benefits in South Africa of being part of the grants that are being dispersed because people are unable to work, as well as whether or not they have access to the health system, should they fall ill. So let's let's start talking about, about their rights in country. What can immigrants access in country? In South Africa, uh, immigrants are afforded equal status as ordinary citizens of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you will still find pockets of undocumented uh, immigrants who, because of not being registered anywhere else, in the country, not being able to access uh, basic rights and also not being able to be afforded some of the services uh, uh, within the country that are afforded to your, your ordinary citizens. Sure. And, and then also uh, we, we, we will also have a situation where undocumented uh, immigrants could have a, a serious uh, problem when it comes to uh, employment, uh, they will face a question of uh, abuse mm-hmm. at the hands of some scrupulous uh, employers, mm-hmm. and they'll also face some problems with uh, health services or social services because they they are not uh, documented anywhere. So. Uh, access uh, to them it's, it's, it's just flatly denied. So, Rashipa, you're talking about unscrupulous employers, and this brings me to an ongoing conversation, even during xenophobia, when um, members of communities are being interviewed about rejecting people that are immigrants. And here we don't know whether or not they're documented. It's just on the basis of them being identified as immigrants. And I wanted to touch on the, when you speak about unscrupulous employers, what 
abuses do immigrants, particularly illegal immigrants, fall to? We, we all know that under the new uh, regulations, mm-hmm. even starting from uh, level five, when there was a a complete shutdown of uh, economic uh, activities and a lot of people were staying at home. And if if you move from that and you look at the uh, movements of uh, immigrants, which has always been uh, curtailed uh, by certain areas and oppression somewhere, You'd, you'd find them not being able to move freely now because mm. of the lockdown uh, regulations. Mm. But when it comes to uh, economic activities, uh, there are those uh, employers uh, that would take uh, an opportunity and, and abuse them by you know, uh, employing them uh, in another unlawful way mm-hmm. and, and, and keeping them on the premise because they cannot move freely. So they'll be kept at the promise for at the premises where they're supposed to be employed, and uh, there, there'll also be uh, an issue of uh, inequality when it comes to uh, issues of uh, income for them. So, is the truth to the story that kids gets told over and over again about specifically illegal immigrants or even documented immigrants? Who, um, who are said to steal people's jobs? Look, there are really professionals mm. from other countries mm. who have made their way into South Africa. Sure. And they have uh, you know, contributed immensely uh, to the economy of our own country. Sure. And we, we, we should congrat- uh, congratulate them for the work uh, that they have done. And uh, th- there will be those, uh, like in all the other countries. And, and South Africa is one of the most recipient when it comes to uh, uh, immigrants. Mm. Uh, those that you would find, uh, they come here undocumented. And as a result, th- there will always be a-, a problem with them residing anywhere in the world. Mm. Uh, but for that matter, again, what is, what is important, if you look at uh, COVID now, is how do you how do you you know uh, bring social relief or offer job security to uh, immigrants that are not uh, undocumented that are not documented? It, it actually brings me squarely to that question to say, if already there's anxiety um, around the job market um, in relation to immigrants, what? How do we communicate ease when it comes to grants, when it comes to um, the health, access to health services? How do we communicate ease so that the issue then doesn't become a, but the system is saturated by people who are immigrants and therefore is not able to cater to South Africans. How do we communicate that there is enough space and enough resources for everyone if Already, there was an, there's a standing issue of people believing that immigrants are taking their jobs. We, 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 we have to utilize what we have. Uh-huh. And as, as communities, we, we, we have a lot of resources mm. that can be used to, to address that. One that comes to mind is our own uh, 
church, uh, churches. Sure. Uh, these can be used to improve uh, relations mm-hmm. uh, between immigrants and, and ordinary citizens. Sure. Uh, we can also be using uh, local radio stations, mm-hmm. which comes very handy in ensuring that the right information is uh, it's out there. Sure. And uh, we can also, uh, you know, uh, speak to uh, associations or other formations of uh, uh, immigrants, uh, they cannot uh, be there uh, on their own and as if they are operating from another island in South Africa. If, if they are in South Africa uh, and, and they have a freedom of association, we, we have to come together so that they understand our culture and we can also learn more about how they live in their own countries. Fantastic. So um, I'm just thinking about... The fact that you're bringing this up also brings me to the thinking around also pop-up churches, particularly by um, people from other countries. Um, Are these vehicles that can be used to create more awareness? Um, And here I'm saying this loosely, understanding that right now we are moving towards level three, wherein um, church can only have 50 people if even. And a lot of churches are already saying, no, we'd rather not. But are these vehicles to be able to communicate um, tolerance? Are these vehicles to be able also to add to resources that are needed? I think, I think they are. They are a great uh, vehicle that, that can be used uh, in a proper sense of the word mm-hmm. to, to, to increase uh, cooperation and, and between, uh, I mean, between the two and, and also to to encourage uh, their congregations on how to live with immigrants and, and, and also to accept the fact that uh, immigrants are, you know, are people. Uh, they are also human beings. And what is good for you as a South African is also good for others as well. Talk to me. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about, um, as you're speaking now, people in one place, um, and then I'm also thinking about what are we not hearing about Lindela centers? Um, what's happening there right now? Look, Lindela Center is a place of uh, immigrants where they are allocated to by government before they are uh, repatriated to their own uh, respective countries. Sure. But what is important is that... Uh, we, we, we cannot learn more, more than that is uh, outside there because it's like a, a, a closed community uh, from the rest of us. But, but I'm sure we, we can make a, a very strong appeal as, as a civil society mm-hmm. to government to, to say perhaps it will be good in fostering better relations that we, we get to know about what is happening. And the issue of, you know, maybe it's a change of policy, it's a change of direction to say we, we cannot continue uh, repatriating people to their own countries because in a day or two they are back here again. And it means wasting resources where there is no great uh, outcome for us. Maybe what we also be looking at is ensuring that, that those that are undocumented, they get proper help Mm. so that they become South African citizens. And in that way, all the department that looks at social uh, issues, 
must, you know, develop some ways of saying when you come into the country and it is realized that you are undocumented, maybe investigations need to be done. Mm -hmm. So that why are you here in the country uh, and not registered? And if there's any help, get the immigrant registered properly so that those people are not going to be forced to go back to their uh, own homes. Because the other thing that we, we do not know at some point when we force these people to go back, uh, we, 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 we tend to think that they are only here for, you know, for asylum or they are here for, for work uh, opportunities and all that. Some of them, they, they flee their countries because of war. Some, they flee their countries because of persecution. Uh, perhaps some mostly will be uh, on, on issues of sexuality. And, and, and some, they, they, they run away from their own countries simply because they, they cannot afford to live there anymore. So, so before, before we, 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 we start processing them to, uh, for you know, taking them back to their countries, let's, let's look at another way of accommodating them and making them to be legal uh, persons in South Africa. Sure. Um, I'm just thinking, but there should be due process. I mean, it, it, um, in terms of figuring out why a person would come into the country illegally. But what I was really curious about is, do we, and do we have a knowledge of the hardships of people in those centers? Um, and I'm really just thinking about being in a space where you are waiting to go home, sure, but no, how do, I'm thinking about a sense of, is it a livable space, um, particularly right now where there's a looming disease or infection? Is it a livable space? And like you were saying, perhaps you can lobby for um, better investigation as to why a person is here. But right now, do we have an understanding of that space? I mean, we talk about social distancing, we're talking about masks, we're talking about sanitizing, we're talking about all sorts of health precautions to be taken. Because if you think about um, if a person was living wherever they're living, now they're being repatriated by the Ada Lindela Center. Perhaps there was a scan to check their temperature. Perhaps they were not showing any symptoms at the time. But then, if then they start to show symptoms in the center, then what happens to them? So I'm trying to get a sense if we know what is happening in there. Okay. I think, I think what is important uh, to note first in, in, in approaching that matter, it's the fact that all uh, institutions that are under government control mm. are the responsibility of government to provide services there. Sure. Uh, and and, and in, the, in the immediate uh, uh, situation under COVID-19, uh, it will be unwise for, for any government official uh, not to exercise that right mm -hmm. to those immigrants there, irrespective of, uh, of why they are not uh, uh, documented or not. Sure. But what is also important is that uh, civil society has to be afforded an opportunity as well to play their role because we, we all understand that uh, government, uh, in, in as much as they want, they cannot reach out to everyone. And, and, and civil society in its own right has the ability and the resources to do that. Mm -hmm. And in the event that we find places like uh, uh, prisons, 
uh, overcrowded. Mm -hmm. Government has made plans to release uh, some population so that at least there can be uh, adherence to uh, regulations uh, under the present lockdown. But when you look at uh, Lindelani, Lindelani is not your, your, your typical prison. Uh, the, the, there's a free movement within the confine of the place itself. Mm. But we, we, we cannot retain the same amount of people under the present conditions in as far as the uh, lockdown regulations are concerned. So yes, there has to be some form of understanding mm -hmm. within the Department of Home Affairs to say some of these people, they'll have to be repatriated as soon as possible to allow for a, a, a small community at Lindeland. Sure. All right, there you have it, Pachipa. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we will be touching on other subject matters. I think the one about prisons is definitely something we need to look into. But on the whole, immigrants enjoy the same access specifically to health as in-country or other South Africans because at the end of the day, what you want is a healthy nation. You've been, we've been listening to Voice of the COVID-19 front. For these and other updates, please check out our website. It is communityconstituency.co.za. Follow us on social media at civil society underscore. Brachipa, it's been a pleasure. You're welcome. <laughs>